Once upon a time, he was beautiful. Not because he was my high school crush. Not because he survived the world crashing down around him like a toxic storm. Not even because of his rogue good looks or his family's money. And he had plenty of both to go around. I mean, how could I ever forget my best friend's strapping older brother the second I laid eyes on him? How could I ignore those shoulders built wide as the Arizona sky? What about the hard blue eyes that cut through everyone? The chiseled jaw framing the world's warmest, sweetest, most mischievous smirk. How can I pretend I didn't squeeze my thighs together the first time he walked into a room a man, wearing his crisp new uniform, a proud Marine ready for duty? He turned every woman's cheeks in the neighborhood a subtle red, his special gift, and he knew exactly how to use it to get his way. He was dangerous, scary, and still divined in his heresy. He kept his charms close and his secrets closer. But even when he was a tease, a frustration, and a damn enigma all at once, he was gorgeous. As long as I live, I'll never see Knox Carlyle as anything less than a striking, brilliant, beautiful beast. But even after the night he left and came home ugly. Four years ago. Knox, you don't have to do this. Don't go. A man can only take so much. Listen to me. Of course he doesn't. Not until I beg. I can't stand to see you hurt. Stay, Knox, please. When he spins around and looks at me, I'm expecting scorn. But what do I know, really? I'm barely 18, a year into college. I haven't lived a fraction of his hell, only imagined it. No more, Kendra. You want to help? I ask for good karma and a little help making sure Jamers treats my baby girl right. It's long past time for me to fucking go. I hear the adorable infant upstairs let out a cry. Then Jamie's voice, soothing her little niece, just six weeks old and already losing both her parents. One to business in the world's darkest corners, and another to God only knows what. No one's seen her mom since the week she left the hospital. You don't know where Sam went, or what happened to her. It's got to be eating him alive, but he never shows his pain. There's nothing in his eyes except a tender love for his daughter, Lizzie, his sweetest creation. Born to tragedy like a typical Carlisle, through and through. His face is turned toward her innocent cries. The noise stops him with his hand on the garage door. He looks down for a brief second before he turns his face up, hitting me with a strange spark in his eyes. I see my chance. You hear that? I say, walking up to him, reaching for his shoulders. I have to stand on my tiptoes to touch him when he towers over me. Don't leave her. Lizzie needs you. So do I. That's the part I don't say but I know he picks it up subconsciously because his strong face softens. He's listening, I hope. Look, I get it. You didn't ask for my advice, but I can't help it. You're not the same man who left the military and came home. This job, the stress, chasing that stupid, reckless woman, it's killing you. I've read about that place you're going, the chaos and danger. I'm worried, Knox. Scared you'll make a mistake over there, and maybe you won't come home. Let me do the worrying, Sunflower. It's not your place, I'll live. And I'll find her when I get back from this gig. There'll be hell to pay when I do, walking out on me and my little girl like that. My heart sinks, thinking he's done. Then he grabs my wrist, shoves me against the wall, and holds us there, locked in a gaze beyond words. He wants me to understand. He wants me to believe he'll be okay. He wants me to think it's business as usual. But I don't. 
I'm doubt incarnate. Having his hands on me doesn't help. Every fiber in my being wishes he do more than a friendly touch, but I have to remember my place, who I am in his eyes. I'm his annoying little sister's friend, practically a surrogate sis. To him, I'm Sunflower. Too young, too precocious, and too clueless to ever be anything more than a stormy night's sick fantasy.